Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Walking through a really bad area of town. Was it Pacheco? And I got got my head checked. I got my head. Ten bucks. Really? <laughs> that was it, huh? That's that's worth it. Was that Pacheco? He's like, "What you want, baby?" I said, uh, "Can my. I get my head checked?" <laughs> and ten dollars later, like ten dollars. I'm make, like, "All right." Make you holla. <laughs> got my head checked. <laughs> Apparently, that's what you do in Pacheco. Oh, yeah, that's how you roll around here. Yeah, you roll. <laughs> In your 84. And now you got to go get your blood checked. After you, <laughs> <laughs> after you get your head checked at Pacheco. <laughs> negative, 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 negative. Yeah, okay. your head checked. Yeah, yeah, you know, to me, that just doesn't mean, uh, you know, psychoanalysis. That means, you know. Many other things. means nothing to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> means good news on some. <laughs> yeah. You can always tell the second show of the uh, of the evening, right? Second pint, second show. It's more than my second pint. We're more relaxed. I tell you, McChad, that boy can brew. Yeah, look out. That's that's an impressive impressive run he's been doing. Yeah, he brewed yesterday and he's brewing right now. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. a machine. See, and that's the thing. That's when I it. was when I was. Coming on from being a, a little pipsqueak to uh, being Big. able to brew. Yeah. I was brewing every freaking day and, uh, you know, d- you know, working the things out and figuring out what was wrong with my process, what was right, how to, uh, you know, make things better, you know, what made things worse, you know, what, what the basic flavors of the grains were, the hops, the yeast, you know, trying all these things, and, you know, repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, y- you can't become a great brewer if you don't brew. If you're True. brewing, you know, four or five times a year, you know, you can brew some pretty good beer, but if you really want to be one of the best brewers there is, you better be brewing, you know, five to six times a week. Right. And really, you know, and, and and there's something, you know, I I tend to now stop during the summer because it gets to be like a hundred and oh my god where I live. <laughs> yeah. And you know, during that time I don't like to brew and, and so by the time fall rolls around, football season starts up and I start to like get the kettles out again. Yeah. 
I've kind of forgotten a little bit. It takes yeah. me a batch or two to kind of get back into my rhythm. Mm-hmm. And as much as I brewed, it's still there's that moment. And if you're brewing, and, and this is one of the things that like pro brewers have on on uh, amateur brewers sure. is that they're brewing every day or you know multiple times a week. And they have to. And, yeah, and yeah. and so they don't forget these things, and they, they they're in a they're in a groove. Yeah. And you get in this groove, and your beer gets better, and you're you're tweaking these little things because. You know, how you blow your nose when you're brewing, you know, makes a difference. Sure. And uh, you know, it's a lot of these little subtle things that the brewer does. You know, it's not buying yourself a stainless conical, which can be a great piece of equipment, can, can uh, you know, be real handy. But it's not going to make as big a difference as, you know, what the brewer does and the brewer being careless on something. Right. You know, or the brewer not really understanding how something should be done. Mm-hmm. That's you know the thing you need to nail down once you've you know nailing down that stuff, and I'll say you know things like uh, you know pumps and float switches and temperature probes and uh, temperature controllers you know, all of the stuff that uh, you see on these nice systems from yeah. uh, you know more beer and yeah. from you know Sabco and you know whatever and uh, you know, uh, you know I, I'm sure Northern Brewer has uh, systems that they sell our our fine sponsor sure. yes. And I'm sure they, you know, call them up. I'm sure they can recommend something for you. Um, you know, that, that, all that stuff, uh, you know, helps with repeatability. Yeah. But, uh, again, you know, here's something I was telling Chad was, well, look what he's brewing on right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's using... Uh, A stool. You know, he's using stool buckets. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got from the hospital. Yeah. And uh, God knows what else. Yeah. But but the the the, the thing about uh, you know if you go to a lot of these uh, you know commercial breweries and you see some of the automation that they have, why do you think they have the automation? Do you think it's because they don't want to tire out their employees? No, it's consistency. Consistency, yeah. exactly. You could put anybody yeah. in there, and you know the you know a lot of the process is much more consistent that sure. way. Again, the brewers will still make a difference. Amazingly oh, yeah. enough. Oh yeah, but. It helps to eliminate some of the variables of the process that tend to change the beer. Right. So the less automated your process, the less controlled your process is by machinery. It's more hands-on. The more hands-on it is, but the more variable it tends to sure. be. Sure, yeah. So Human you're, you're all excited about brewing this new recipe, and uh, you get your head checked. Yeah. So you're feeling really good, <laughs> and you're all excited. And so the beer, you know, you're much more on top of the beer. Sure. And the beer turns out bad or better or who knows what, mm. right? And then some other time, you know, you didn't get your head checked and uh, work's been tough and, and fog. You're, yeah, you're all, you know, it, it just life just sucks. Yeah. And so you're just totally down and you really don't care what happens during the brewing process and the beer turns out better or worse. Right. Right. And it's and it's not that, you know, any one particular way of of being is is better than another. It's just it's variables in the process and and you need to uh you know, get those controlled and get those as consistent as possible because that's where parts of what changes the beer. And you would be amazed at the subtle things that you do during the brew day that if you tasted the beer side by side, you could taste a difference. Oh, sure. 
And it's just amazing. And you wouldn't believe it until you you really do it. So the thing to do is to pay attention to what you're doing. Have a good time. You don't want to ruin your brewing day. Take notes. The hobby should be fun and enjoyable for Mm -hmm. you. But... If you're if you're uh, if you're not paying any attention at all, you're getting drunk and all that. Your so beer is going to yeah. be very variable. Right. But if that's what brewing is to you, fine. That's fine too. Yeah. yeah who cares? You know, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you probably know, not even listening. Have a good time. Exactly. You know that, that that's probably the most smart. Actually, you know if you, uh, I, I just wrote an article about this about my maggot beer. Your what? My maggot beer. <laughs> If you want to hear about my maggot beer, you want to read about my maggot beer? I don't, I don't even you, like you saying it. It yeah, grosses me out. You want to get yourself a, you know, a copy of Zymergy. And the way to get a copy of Zymergy? Join the AHA. Join the AHA. That's really the only way. Yeah. Um, well, you might find it at your local homebrew shop. Again, support your local homebrewer, homebrew shop. Uh, but uh, if you're not an AHA member right now, I want you to go to the Brewing Network right now. Slash, store, slash store right now and sign up. I want you to be an AHA member. It supports home brewing. It really supports the industry. It protects your rights. It uh, helps secure rights for other people who are in states who can't homebrew right mm-hmm. now legally. And uh, go there, sign up, uh, take advantage of all the benefits of membership. We'll pay for membership over time. It's, you know, you get discounts at pubs. You get uh, discounts at the National Conference. I'm going to be at the uh, NHC, National Homebrew Conference. Best event in homebrewing. Oh, for sure. In Cincinnati in June this year, 2008. Uh, You know, I've been at every one since I went to my first one. Mm. It is absolutely the best Best event I've ever been to. I never had a bad experience at the NHC. It's fantastic. Like no, no douchebag, you uh, know, no fights. It's just, it's just like love of beer. And and just all the great people yeah. and the pros and all the information yeah. and the great beer. and It's absolutely something I will never miss. Yeah. I'm going to be there, you know, until I die. Yeah. And oh, then no. wheel, wheel my casket in, <laughs> yeah. at least for a couple more years. Pour a whole slurry of Bach 833 on you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> But uh, you know, so if you're if you're not a member, uh, sign up, and you'll get Zymergy. And in uh, some upcoming Zymergy, you'll read about my maggot beer. Maggot beer. If you want to know about my maggot beer, uh, I want to know. You will need to be an AHA member. You're not going to tell us. I'm not going to tell you. Better be an AHA member and sign up, and you can read that. Good man. Coming up, and you better sign up soon because it's going to come in. You know, if you sign up now. As soon as you hear this, uh, chances are you're going to get that uh, yeah, maggot yeah. beer uh, um, maggot article. Beer article. Yep, perfect. You betcha. Awesome. And uh, BYO too. I write for BYO. I do a column every month. It's uh, the style profile column. We mm-hmm. go into lots of detail about uh, a different style every month. Sign up through the brewingnetwork dot com slash store, and um, you know the Brewing Network gets a portion of it. Good, good stuff. And again. Shop our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. Yes. Great people. Great products. Great brewers. Can't, can't, yeah. can't say too much about Mean makers. I mean, they're yep. all over the board. Yep. They got that great Midwest attitude. Yeah. That they got I love. great humor, too. Yes. I love their humor. Did you read the forum this week? Everyone's writing about how much they like their commercials. Yeah. And so do I. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we write commercials for our sponsors, but they write their own. Yeah. <laughs> they're so much better at it than we are. Yeah. They're great. There's people liking it. See the Midwest. Oh. If you got to listen to commercials, they should be funny, right? Yeah, for sure. Entertaining. I mean, who cares about commercials? But they're <laughs> funny. That's why the only commercials you listen to are at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. You yeah. got a TiVo, you skip over commercials. Yeah. Super Bowl times, you use the TiVo to go back over the commercials a couple of times. Go, yeah. oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's more important than the football game. Yeah. All right. 
Oh, no. So tonight, we're talking about uh, special bitter. Special, special bitter. best premium bitter. Yes, we are. Okay. Would you like me to tell you about this bad boy or what? Absolutely. Okay. Go for it. All right. Uh, special best bitter. Uh, in the aroma, you definitely get some malt caramel notes coming through, uh, some mild fruitiness from the esters, from the English strains that you're going to be using. Uh, the aroma hop is minimal to none. Uh, no diacetyl, but some small traces are acceptable. Um, that's just a byproduct of the English strain. Uh, visually, it ranges from medium gold to medium copper. Uh, it should be definitely clear. You don't want a cloudy beer, um, unless it has chill haze. Um, low carbonation level, and I think this is part of the region. They serve their beers on cask condition, and they have, tend to have lower CO2 levels. Uh, and very little head retention, too, so... Uh, and the flavor, um, it's, it's a fairly bitter beer. I mean, the IBUs range from 25 to 40 IBUs, so it's a medi- medium to high bitter beer. And the esters, esters range from low to high. Um, it's a little hot flavor, um, but it's bitter. Uh, you commonly used would be in like your UK varietals, uh, Fuggles or Kent Goldings. And and I think that complements that earthy, resiny f- aroma that you get that we talked about in the previous show, why you use it in the Beardy Guard. Um, and the maltiness, low to medium maltiness, but it, then again, it has a dry finish. Um, these are session beers, and you get some caramel flavors coming through, but they're session beers, and they're malty. Uh, overall, it's a very drinkable, refreshing session beer. Fairly bitter beer, but it's complemented with a firm, malty backbone. And this is a beer that, uh, you know, if you go to England and people aren't drinking, you know, Red Bull and vodka or, uh, you know, Miller or uh, uh, Budweiser, yeah, this is really the beer that the majority of people are drinking, which is, uh, uh, you know, the people who know something about beer are drinking this. This is a good session beer. And you've been there. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it's absolutely one of my... The most favorite p- places in the world. It's just just wonderful. Of course, all <laughs> everywhere your... everywhere I've been, <laughs> it's just the most wonderful place in the world. <laughs> I don't know, because c- people are just wonderful everywhere I go. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, everywhere uh, from because uh, you're a wonderful guy, Honduras to Palau to wow. Germany to you know Japan to uh, just people are wonderful. Yeah, people in general are just. Just wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, so the people in uh, in in Britain tend to be drinking this, uh, uh, you know, this session bitter or uh, you know special bitter, or premium bitter. Traditionally, this would be you know the brewery's best ingredients. This would be you know their their quality beer. Uh, ordinary bitter is you know the same thing, but um, you know a little lower gravity, maybe uh, you know not as much malt, and. Uh, uh, the the step up from this would be the English Pale Ale or some say the ESB or right. Extra Special Bitter, which is a Fuller's product. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, a lot of people won't drink that uh, that English Pale Ale or ESB because it's it's too much alcohol. It gets up to the the likes of like a Budweiser or something like that, which sure. is quite a bit of alcohol com- comparatively. This tends to be. Um, you know, ABV around four percent. You know, three point eight to four point six. Wow. 
So you can drink a few of these, okay. and, and you know you get a little tipsy, but you're not going to be totally tanked. Sure. Ordinary bitter, you can drink a few of them, and you're just fine. Right. You know, here you get you start to feel a little bit a little bit of it, but you're not out of control. So you can after work, and this is the thing. You you, know, you stop in at the public house after work. You have a couple of pints, you chat with your mates, yeah. and then you go home, and you know you're not, you know, three sheets to the wind where uh, the spouse is, uh, you know, what having a fit with you. Yeah, okay. right. So uh, you know, it's a very uh, you know commonly uh, consumed beer, and you'd be amazed. You know, the, the 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 thing about this show and the thing about you know these style guidelines is it makes it all seem like one beer. Yeah, and it's and it's confusing a little bit. Because a right. range of colors, even right. There's there's a huge range of colors. There's yeah. a huge range of flavors. There's yeah. a huge range of you know. There's things from like you know tobacco to <laughs> wow. you know peaches and pears to um, you know biscuits to uh, you know cake to uh, uh, you know caramels to uh, apples. To, you know, there's a lot of different things going on, <laughs> and and with this style, a lot of what what's happening is uh, really fermentation based. Sure. So those English strains, and there's a variety of them, and uh, you know, uh, every once in a while you you see one uh, one of the yeast companies, you know, White Labs, White Yeast, trying something new, mm-hmm. and you know, coming out with a new one. And and you know, we'll recommend a yeast for this beer. Sure. You know, feel free to try other English ale yeasts. And uh, and you know they'll have a, a different character to them. You just need to be careful about attenuation and adjusting your recipe to to match the attenuation. But you can use almost any of those, mm-hmm. and each one is going to kind of give a little different character. And if you were to uh, you know go to uh, Britain and experience a lot of the different beers there. Uh, a lot of the different breweries have a different character overall to their beers. You can like you go, oh yeah, this is uh, you know such and such brewery because you kind of get some of the character of that, and, and it's very unique to their beers mm-hmm. and their fermentation, their yeast. Would you recommend a home brewer choosing an English yeast based on their process? Well, yeah, some people like the right, 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 higher. right, 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 and and that's an excellent uh, point. I think you know if you were to go ahead and brew up uh, you know a bunch of wort and split it out into however many yeasts you have and try the different yeast and you know one in each uh, batch and you know along the lines of whatever your standard process is. Mm-hmm. And then see which one really turned out the best. Sure. Which one really tastes great. If you don't have the experience, enter, you know, enter them all in different competitions or whatever. See see which ones do really well and, you know, it matches up with your flavor perception. Mm-hmm. Then that's your yeast. Right. And I would go with that for, like, all your English beers. Right. You know, and just stick it with it. It worked for you. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you know, again, like John's saying, it, it matches up to your environment, your your tendencies, your techniques, your equipment, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's really the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody does it different. Yeah, it's bizarre. sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it uh, and and you know, it's subtle changes that will, will make the difference. And so, certain yeasts will work better for for some people versus others. If you get on the internet, you go, oh yeah, this yeast. You know, you read half the people saying, well, this yeast is crap. It doesn't attenuate. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. And others are like, oh, it's you know. 
excellent. It's you know, it does this, it does that. It's you know, just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. Well, what's the difference? It's like, well, either it's their water, it's their you know process. It's you know, just a lot of different little things. Sure. And uh, you know, it's much easier, I think, in a way, to match up the yeast to the brewing process than it is to match up the brewing process to the yeast. Right. And that's doable, but you really need to know, understand yeah. what you're doing. So right. it might be easier for a lot of people, like you're saying, to uh, match the yeast to the process. Okay. I love that yeast. Yeah. 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 They're our friends. Yep. All right. So uh, after the break, what we'll do is we'll uh, get into the recipe, eh? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Can't back wait. after this. <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My triple decocted imperial pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Boss is lost. Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin when ich bin München a Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean, crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Saison ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Saison strains to create complex, fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and homebrew shops everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. And now, back to the Jameel Show. 
just like our, uh, our co-host here, Mr. PC. Yeah, he was born on the Bayou. Bayou. PC Bayou. Is that Cajun uh, PC? He was born on the Bayou. We should just do a karaoke, like a thirty-second clip, sometime on a show. That'd be oh, awesome. thirty minutes. Thirty, 30 minutes. minutes of karaoke. That's what we should do. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, I went with uh, uh, Justin and Doc and. Uh, Oh, Schumann, you know, a bunch of guys. Uh, was that last Thursday and, uh, or Friday? Some listener, Spanky, Spinky, Spunky. Critical Slinky. S- critical Slinky. <laughs> he was a great dude. I, I love that guy. Yeah. He was wonderful. Cool. He's a good guy. Oh, he's, he's a great guy. Awesome. And, uh, you know, some other Doe's members, and we went to uh, EJ's Sports Bar. EJ's. No, yeah. no, 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 no. What is it? Uh, JR's. AJ's. AJ's. I thought you said EJ's. AJ's. AJ's, yes. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Oh, and I tell you, we just had the greatest time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Had you stayed another hour, uh, you'd have been singing Lionel Richie, I'm sure of it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was. I, we I, were all just getting to the point of uh, we were all going to karaoke, and then I think uh, we we you didn't sing. Oh, Sully better. was there too. Sully was there. I forgot Sully. Was I guess Sully. he was up there dancing with another Sully. It was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> whole thing. Oh, perfect. Big story. Oh, good. Oh, no, it was it was just absolutely the, the best time I've had in a long time. It was absolutely wonderful. And thank you, everybody who was there. Were you laughing your ass off? I <laughs> I was laughing. I was drinking. I was crying. my head checked. I was doing all sorts of stuff. It was fantastic. Just fantastic. Awesome. All right, we're more than halfway through the show. We haven't even gotten to the recipe yet. Okay. Good thing this recipe is actually fairly simple. How simple? Well, uh, you're targeting original gravity of uh, 1047, finishing gravity of about uh, 1012. IBU's 30. And you could actually go 35. Okay. That's a fairly you know, bitter beer. This would be fairly yeah. bitter. Yeah. Uh, SRM is about 11. Alcohol is 4.6% ABV. And uh, if you're an extract brewer, you're going to need to source yourself an English pale ale extract, liquid malt extract, 6.8 pounds or 3.08 kilograms. And this is going to take the place, if you're an all-grain brewer, you're in luck because it's really easy to find a good English uh, or British pale ale malt uh, like a uh, uh, crisp Marisotter or, uh, you know, something along those lines. And... uh, uh, you're going to replace that pale ale extract with 9.5 pounds or 4.31 kilograms British pale ale malt. And you would mash at 151 degrees Fahrenheit or 66 degrees C. Okay. Hmm. All right, so your your additional grains that are going into this are going to be, uh, I like to use a touch of aromatic malt. Interesting. Ooh, this is the interesting See, here part. you go, like, pushing the envelope a little bit. Exactly. You know, like, a going, here. Going non-traditional. Yeah. Non-traditional. Going, going Belgian. Going, whoa. Going some aromatic. Okay. A half pound of wow. aromatic. That's a bold statement You're a ballsy there. guy. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I got the big stones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 227 grams. Uh, same amount of crystal 120. Hmm. Half pound or two twenty seven grams. Again, crystal one twenty is actually pretty important to this. It's a great mold. Yeah, it's it's got a real forward Biscuity. caramel <laughs> toasty toasty dry kind of forward thing. And it's very common in a lot of British type you know, I taste that. I don't know if they use that. 
100%. But I tell you, I taste it, and this mimics it. Mm-hmm. So Crystal 120, uh, again, a half pound or 227 grams. Special Roast, a uh, quarter pound or 113 grams. This is a product of the Breeze Malting Company. Okay. And uh, I really love it because it's got a kind of a crystal, kind of tangy, kind of tart kind of character to it. It's something... Uh, uh, unusual. Okay, and uh, it's hard to hard to replicate. It's a good recipe. Man. I think you could go without the special roast, really. Sure, if you needed to, all, but uh, or just one twenty. Y- yeah, you'd be fine. Okay, but uh, you know, if you can get the special roast, I'd use it. Okay, I really would. I, I, it's it's one of those irreplaceable things for right. me, uh, and I, I really love it. Do you get like a like a fruit character? Yeah, like a yeah. flavor. Yeah, yeah. Grape nuts or something. Not grape nuts, but this is some type of fruit. Yeah. I don't so know. That's something. Well, and it's part of the tangy part of it. It's, it's, it's a little bit tangy. Okay. Which is unusual. Okay. And I, I, I really don't know how they do this, but uh, good stuff. A lot of the other malts, like if you if you can't get Crystal 120 and you get you know Crystal 80, you could moisten it, put it in the, the oven, hmm. and make yourself 120. Okay. I mean, the only difference between 80 and 120 is, you know, one was cooked a little uh, longer. You probably need to play around a while until you get it. But, sure. uh, you know, it, it can be done. Okay. That's a good tip. Special roast? I don't know. Uh, hops, you're going to, again, with pellets, using the Rager formula, you're, you're targeting about uh, 30 IBUs. Again, if you want to kick it up and go to, like, 35 IBUs, I think you'll be all right. I wouldn't go less than maybe 28. This is on the little, uh, you know, or 25. So you're, like, right in the sweet spot. Yeah. 25, yeah. 40, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kent Goldings, if you can get them, 5% alpha acid, 60 minutes, uh, 1.2 ounce, 34 grams. <laughs> Uh, Kent Goldings, 5% alpha acid, 20 minutes, a half ounce or 14 grams, and the same amount again at one minute. You want some hot flavor in there, yeah, not a lot, of, right? but some hot flavor and aroma, a little bit of character, uh, but the bitterness is the important part. You can use uh, any English hop instead of Kent Goldings. I know the hop shortage is, is tough for people, so, you know, Challenger, Target, uh, Fuggles, any any of that thing uh, will, will work. But Kent Goldings is, is my go-to on most English beers, sure, and that'll work well. Uh, as far as yeast goes, uh, White Labs uh, WLP002 English Ale or the Y Yeast 1968 London ESB. Mm-hmm. If you're a dry yeast user, Fermentus Safale SO4. Mm-hmm. Popular yeast. Yeah, you're going to ferment this around 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C, and uh, you're going to carbonate between one and a half to two volumes. Wow. Yeah. You know, so, you know, good 10 towards the lower, lower volumes. Uh, uh, somebody just uh, emailed me recently, and he was uh, asking, you know, if I enter this in competition, you know, I, I've carbonated 1.8 volumes, and you know, it's you know lower carbonation than mm-hmm. you know what I would expect in most things. It's like, are the judges going to ding me for low carbonation? Hopefully, they know. I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, <laughs> good judges will know that it's yeah. supposed to be a little bit lower carbonation, sure. and uh, you know, they'll probably applaud you for it versus. Uh, you know, ding you for it. Right. Yeah, there's plenty of bonehead judges out there, too, that, you know, but 
really, you know, do the beer the right way. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try and game the system too much. Yeah, brew to brew to style. style. Brew yeah. brew an excellent beer. Yeah, you know, brew the best beer possible. And and if if competitions and uh, you know people are like trying to brew overly hoppy American pale ales, mm-hmm. you know, that are more like IPAs than they are American pale ales, mm-hmm. and they're winning, the hell with it. Yeah, you know, who cares? You know, the 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 judging is wrong. The mm-hmm. competitions are wrong, and really. You know, things should kind of, you know, eventually swing back towards what what is really, you know, a very drinkable, you know. Everything's based around being a really drinkable beer. Sure. And, you know, just trying to game the system and make a less drinkable beer <laughs> to kind of win the competition. Yeah. Kind of defeating the whole purpose. Why are you brewing? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't brew to win competitions. Yeah. You should brew feedback. to make the best beer possible. Yeah. You enter competitions to get feedback. Yeah. And, uh, you know... That that's really what's important. I've I've entered competitions before, and I'm like, oh, this beer for sure doesn't do anything right. And then I'm like, oh, that's okay, because I got more to drink. You know, exactly. fine. I didn't want to give it to you anyways. You know, <laughs> I got three more bottles for myself. Yeah, just drink it. You know, and again, you know, brew brew beer you really like to drink, mm-hmm. of course. And uh, you know, if it does well in competition, you know, more power to you. you know? Yeah, it, it's nice to get feedback on on what people like and. And I've always wanted beers that, uh, you know, I could, you know, serve to just about anybody and they would really love it. Sure. And, On all styles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what that is is not, um, you know, beers that are dumbed down to you know, somebody who's, a, you know, a light lager drinker or, you know, not something that's overboard for somebody who's, uh, you know, into different beers. But it's, you know really a uh, fantastically balanced example of the style mm-hmm. and you know really you know fresh properly properly done perfectly fermented and balanced and then it becomes such a incredibly drinkable beer all the styles are incredibly drinkable mm-hmm. when they're done right sure and uh that's what makes them commercially viable yeah. and 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 why they're they're brewed around the world right and then you know if you can mimic that yeah. You know, anybody you give it to will go, wow, I'm not into, you know, dark beers <laughs> or hoppy beers or whatever they say. But you might go, convert this it. is really good. Yeah. You know, I you know, I usually drink, you know, like like my neighbor down the street, I usually drink Keystone Light, but oh my God, this yeah. is really good. Yeah. You know, what else you got? Sure. You know, and he, he just loves all sorts of beers. You know, just fantastic. That's funny. So Keystone to homebrew. Huh. Yeah. No. Well, it's a good point, though. The general public doesn't care about what you've achieved. They just want a good beer that they like to drink. Exactly. They don't, they, and they don't care what kind of style you're trying yeah. to mimic. Now, you know, my friend down the street, he's read the style guidelines. He's judged. He's wor- you know, he's really working on it, <laughs> and he really cares. But, you know, I think most people, they don't care what style you're trying to do. They just care is it really a good great drinkable beer. beer. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you really make the style, if you really dial in... You know, those things that you thought were not a good style to drink, they are. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. And you'd be surprised once you get, you know, once you reach that nirvana of the per- perfect balance, you know, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Huh? Let's, yeah. let's do a little toast to that real quick. All right. Okay. Quick toast uh, with uh, Mc, uh, McSleepy's... Uh, American Brown. American Brown. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Quite good. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, 
we will get into the chat room questions. All right? Yeah. Cheers. All right. Yeah. Back right Let's after this. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in Canada. Cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper Wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hop bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, Carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1 800 942 2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. And now, back to the Jameel Show. Woo! Woo! Glory days! <laughs> Glory days! I 
played that song at a assembly. Uh, your grandma's for no at a, at a high school graduation at the Concord Pavilion in front of like two thousand people. Mm-hmm. That was fun. There you go. Yeah, that was glory days. <laughs> now I do a homebrew show, and <laughs> <laughs> your glory days are well behind you. <laughs> Uh, glory days. Uh. All right, so we're talking uh, special or best or premium bitter. Again, you one know, of the three. Yeah, well, you can call it any of these things, but you know. Hmm. Anyways, uh, so you got some questions here. I uh, do. What do, you, what do you? What you got for me? Well, um, CO two is such an influence on how this beer is served, and my question to you is: How much does CO two play a role into how a beer tastes? I mean... Considerable. Okay. Well, I mean, can you elaborate? I mean, because... No. I one can't. and a half to two volumes is... I know you can't. I'm done. <laughs> you, you're done. You know, it's it's pretty low for a beer, but with this type of beer, low gravity you know, and... Yeah. Here, here's the thing. So, uh, on... Uh, on some of these uh, lower gravity beers, these session beers... If you, if you, you know, the amount of carbonation is almost, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, relative to the original gravity in a way. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you, you get to something like an ordinary bitter where you're starting at, uh, you know, in the 1030s, you can have, you know, one atmosphere of CO2. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, one volume of CO two, where it's really um, very subtle carbonation, sure. and it's it's that amount of carbonation that kind of fills out the beer, kind of makes it kind of open up in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Versus uh, if you if you go too much, if you start to overcarbonate it, the the bubbles tend to form quicker and larger, mm-hmm. kind of explode and overfill your mouth and kind of be harsh sure and carbonic and more like soda okay versus um even though it's not carbonated nearly as much as soda you know it's it's a, a lighter body beer and you really need to be kind of restrained on it mm-hmm. and so the overall carbonation can have a big effect on the overall impression of the beer the flavor of the beer um it goes from being, uh, you know, too little and kind of the beer being flaccid and seeming totally undercarbonated and kind of watery mm-hmm. to enough carbonation where the beer starts to seem full and more full of body and more full of life and not watery mm-hmm. to the beer being kind of acidic and harsh and sharp sure. and kind of unpleasant. Yeah. And that's kind of the range of what carbonation does. And it'll do that on any beer. Right. And, uh, you know, certain beers will take more carbonation to kind of get to that point. Sure. And carbonation can dry out a beer a little bit, make it a little more bitter, make it a little sharper. Or, you know, you back down and it makes it a little sweeter, a little more, uh, you know, easy going. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fine line there. Okay. But on all these lower gravity beers, you need... Uh, a little less carbonation. Well, this beer is a pretty firm, bitter beer. I mean, if you went two and a half volumes, it'd almost be way over bitter because right. of that carbonic right. acid that, yeah. you know, yeah. it'd be, take away from that malt profile you're going for. Yeah, it it just doesn't work. It, it, you know, um, it's very odd. It's 
it's trial and error over hundreds of years that have resulted in you know these beers being carbonated how they are right and uh you know i think you know it, it's just from from people's tastes you know they went into the pub they weren't like measuring co2 volumes at the pub they were you know doing whatever they were doing and then people complained or they didn't complain or right. they said it was good right and so they'd go a little more a little less etc and it just kind of reached this equilibrium over time right and you know that is what works you know, it's you know people. Some people, uh, you know, bitch and moan about uh, beer styles, but you know, beer styles been proven over time by customers. Yeah, it hasn't. It they isn't don't lie. something that's like invented <laughs> out of the air. Yeah, you know, the BJCP goes and looks at the examples and just kind of you know records like a subset and says, ah, you know, they seem to be like this. Right. You know, they didn't invent this. They're just trying to mirror history and you know what's out there. Sure. And, uh, you know, what's out there is based on, uh, you know, public demand right. and public preference. Right. So, uh, you know, that, uh, that's really how the carbonation levels well, came about. Well, customers don't lie. I mean, yep. they're your, they're your, your customers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, burtonizing your water. I mean, the style guidelines talk about that a little bit, using gypsum. We don't actually right. mention using gypsum, but I know you will, you will use gypsum in this. Sure. Or burn on salts. Uh, burn salts, excuse me. But it, it contributes like a softness, a round character, um, with the sulfate level in it. I mean, how important is that to this style of beer, having that round <sighs> flavor? Well, and you know the uh, you know the the the, the sulfur, the gypsum additions tend to make the har- the bitterness a little a little more pronounced. Okay, a little harsher. Okay, and uh, you know the thing about most uh, domestic water. In, in the U.S., which is the the, the bulk of our our listenership, they eighty percent of them have moderately hard water, and uh, you know I don't think they should be adding a lot of minerals to it. Okay, okay, so, so it's fine as it is. It's just fine as it is. Okay. If you've got soft water, maybe you would add a, a little bit, but it's so easy to overdo. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing: is you don't want to mimic the water of Burton on Trent. You want to just add a little. Right. You don't want to get anywhere near the water of Burton on Trent. It's way overboard. Okay. And a lot of breweries, they tend to, you know, filter and, uh, you know, uh, adjust their water with other water or, you know, make make sorts of adjustments. So I think uh, you need to be kind of careful. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you've been to England. They're serving their beers on cast conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Why hasn't America taken on this? I mean, some pubs do, like Magnolia locally or whatever, but mm-hmm. why are we always CO2? We have a nice head on our beer. People are so affixed to this carbonation presentation, mm-hmm. but over there it's, you know, it's I, flat. I it's, tell you, I, I think this is one of the best questions you've ever asked, and I and I think this is, uh, you know, it's something that's that's taking more hold in the US and, and if more consumers asked for it mm-hmm. I think a lot more you know craft breweries would do it I think you know general pubs won't do it because they're all about you know whatever's cheap and fast and uh, easy to do and it's like the slow food movement yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh, a lot of bars they don't if if you go to Europe if you go you know anywhere in Europe and ask for a beer it takes a while to get a beer they look at it as, you know, it's it's like cooking a steak. Right, right. You know, it's not 
just jam it into the glass. Here, what we have is engineering students coming up with ways to fill a glass in like two seconds. Yeah. So that more beer can be jammed down the gullets of people in stadiums. Right. Right? You go over to Europe. You go, you know, a lot of other places in the world. It's like, it's okay that it takes five minutes to get your beer. Yeah. That's yeah, the because the and, beer is going yeah. to be perfect, they're going to cut the foam. They're going to do you know a lot of different things to to produce you know the 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 perfect beer for you, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a few minutes. It's like getting a it's good rush. meal, right? You know, you can go through the drive-through at you know Burger Mart, yeah, or you can go someplace and get you know something cooked you know for you lovingly and you know with a chef Slow who really is 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 paying attention to the details right and that's you know the the same thing's true with beer and you know in the u.s and i'm very much like this i want it now 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 right. i'm very impatient it's the american way and, yeah yeah and uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that no. it's just it's different and so that tends to uh relate to a different type of product right but i think a lot of uh places are realizing that uh with the whole cask beer movement where if the cask is exposed to the environment in the in the uh, the pub, mm-hmm. it draws in that air, and that tends to start to change the beer, oh. and you get a different experience at each place you go, hmm. and uh, you know it starts to uh, take on a, a, a different character, and that's very you know very unique, very important. Right. And I think everybody should be asking every place they go and buy beer, just say, hey, why don't you have cask beer on? Yeah, you know, why not? It's not that difficult. And, you know, a lot of places can charge more for it. Uh, it takes a, a little while longer. You go to places and, you know, you'll find bartenders that don't want to serve it because, oh, you know, it takes two minutes, mm-hmm. you know, instead of you know 30 seconds right. to serve a beer hmm. it's like look i'll wait yeah and i'll no give you a tip yeah. for you know for for doing the, the cask beer Fair enough. i think that segues into one of um justin's questions for homebrewers from the chat we had just a couple of good ones you guys covered a lot of them um but yeah one of them was how would we uh simulate a cask serving this beer if, if we're using kegs a suggestion was would nitro do it but uh what's your opinion about how to simulate it yeah, you know, nitro is really not the way to do it, and that that's really become um, you know popular in a lot of you know the pub can and all that stuff. But uh, really, the way to do it is you have your beer and uh, you put your green beer into the keg and you prime it in the keg uh, to uh, you know again a low level of carbonation, maybe one and a half volumes or so. And go ahead and throw in a little bit of dry hop in there, maybe a quarter ounce or maybe like one plug of those uh, plug hops. Mm-hmm. And those still tend to be available. Yeah, they are. Because you know, people don't use the plug hops. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with them. But, you know, throw one plug of Kent Golings or whatever English hop you get into the keg. Uh, you know, the priming sugar, and uh, you can throw in uh, gelatin or uh, whatever your findings are. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go ahead and, and let that thing, you know, self-carbonate to this, this level. And then, uh, you know, you can you can lay it on its side and, and do that. And then you could serve it. If you have a beer engine, 
you go ahead and serve it off of that. Uh, what you'll hook up on one side is a, a sterile filter. Yeah, HEPA you can filter. E- yeah, you can either, uh, uh, I think uh, Northern Brewer and I think More Beer sells them these uh, little uh, disc-like uh, filters. You can let the air draw in through that and get it, you know, so your 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 keg lasts longer. But if you have a uh, a party or something, or you can use it over two days. Just let it open to the air, draw in all that nasty stuff, and let it let it change over two days. <laughs> let it change. Yeah. If you're not, then if you need yeah. to stretch it out over time, then you need like a cask breather. But uh, uh, you know, and 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 serve it through a beer engine. If you don't have a beer engine, uh, you know, go ahead and serve it through the faucet uh, at a low uh, uh, low low pressure. You know, you can go ahead and turn the CO two on it to force it out through the keg. Uh, if you know, search online. You know Ray Daniels and uh, uh, I think Chris Fry and Randy Mosier and uh, you know all these guys. They they spent a lot of time figuring out how to serve uh, you know cask beer off of uh, off of homebrew kegs just through gravity feed, and uh, you you can lift your keg up mm-hmm. and serve it through a regular faucet. And just let it drain through the faucet instead of uh, pulling it through a beer engine. Uh, with the beer engine, what it does is it pumps it so your keg can be lower. It can be down in the cellar. Right. And you can pull it up to the bar. It's like a siphon That's what a beer engine. Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a water pump. Oh, okay. And you pump it up to the bar. If you can lift your keg up and rest on top of the refrigerator and then run the line down to a faucet, it'll serve just fine. Okay. And uh, you can do that as well. Okay. Um, another couple questions. People, uh, somebody in the chat room was curious about your 120 crystal in the recipe, mm-hmm. thinking that maybe the, that that's a little heavy for the style. And is that typical uh, of this, or, or it's just something that you found that worked best? I think it's typical. Okay. I think I think more more than not, you will find the character of 120 crystal okay. in a lot of these these beers commercial examples and it's you know it's that darker crystal it's um if you don't use you know an oh uh, you know the 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 thing about the various crystals is the darker crystals actually have more character to them and less sweetness the lower color crystals um have more sweetness and less character so the darker the crystal you go, the more character you're getting without sweetness, and that's really what uh, you know these bitters are about. Okay. Lots of character, not a lot of sweetness. Firmly bitter. Okay. It's a great malt. I mean, make an Irish red with hmm. it's or a, a red ale. I mean, do again like, a, for the same essentially reason. Essentially, a, a British beer. Right. Yeah. Just great for red color. Okay. And then, I mean, that being said, this. Question is a bit strange, but someone wanted to know if if you could substitute special B for the 120. We're talking about how perfect 120 is, but right, you can, uh, okay. yeah, you know, and I think you can substitute 120 for special B too. It's, Very similar. Uh, it's different. Special B is a little more plummy, a little more raisiny. Okay. Uh, kind of a little more malty, but uh, yeah, I think I think you go either way. Okay, and that's it from the chat, guys. I know. All right. Well, let me uh, quickly wrap up this recipe again. It's um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get my notes. Okay, go ahead. You got a copy of the book? I know. 
Yeah, if you want, if you want all these recipes, just get yourself a copy of Brewing Classic Styles. Any recipes anyone can brew, uh, or any winning recipes anyone can brew, you can get it at the uh, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. And uh, right now there's a, an interesting combo pack you can get. You can get Brewing Classic Styles signed by me, and you can get a copy of How to Brew the Best Book on Brewing. And I don't care if you're already brewing. I don't care if you've been brewing for 10 years. Get a copy of How to Brew, signed by John Palmer as well. It's a combo. You can get it in the store. And uh, the the, uh, the great thing about How to Brew is I don't care how long you've been brewing. Read through this thing. If you don't find something in there you don't already know, I'll buy the book back from you. <laughs> there you go. Seriously. <laughs> wow. You're wow. going to find something in there you don't already know. <laughs> Seriously, this is the the best book on brewing uh you know anything from uh you know and, and if you're a beginner you have to have this book if you've been brewing for 10 years and you think you know it all you'll be shocked at what you don't know mm-hmm. that's in this book it is absolutely the finest tome on brewing beer there is i agree and match that up with the finest recipe book that you can find <laughs> brewing classic styles. You wrote it. Throwing a cheap, cheap plug there for myself. Well, and because they're both signed, I get a yeah. lot of emails saying, "Well, I already have how to brew, but I really want Jamil's book signed." The only way I have signed copies are, are for this combo deal. They're all allocated for that. Yep. Everything that Jamil just said about how to brew goes for your friend that doesn't own how to brew right. yet. There you go. So and, uh, buy the combo and give it to your buddy. And yeah, I've, you I've given away four copies of how to brew personally. Yeah. I, you know, and just just find somebody who doesn't have it, a friend that that's into brewing or wants to get into brewing, give them that copy. They will appreciate you for the rest of their lives because that is absolutely the finest book on on. Uh, on brewing, I think I, I read the uh, all grain chapter the day before my first all grain in that book, yep. and that prepared me for all grain. John did. Uh, John Palmer yeah. did an amazing job of uh, of you know just he dumps it capturing everything, simplifies and I, yeah, it. Yeah, and really, you know, I th- I think there are things that um, could be expanded on or tweaked or something like that, but. There's no other book that that really captures it all, just like that book. If, mm-hmm. if you were to buy one book, that's the book, yeah. right there. Did you see Chad's copy out by the Brew System? No, it's I saw, all tattered and dog-eared. I saw Brewing Classic Styles out there. Both of them. Yeah, that one open. That's awesome. I they're didn't both... see Brewing Classics. I didn't see uh, How to Brew anywhere around there. No, no, it's out, and they're both Brewing tattered, Classic just styles. like they should be. <laughs> yeah, right, right next there. to the Ashton. He was he was concerned <laughs> when Brewing Classic Styles got a little bit wet. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I have, my recipe's gotten wet. It's okay. There you I, go. We have a whole inventory in the studio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't. It's a small one. We're having trouble keeping it in stock. So oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why you know, do it now. It's selling, selling big time. All right. So, uh, all right. This is uh, premium bitter. Starting gravity at 1047. IBU's about 30. You are going to use. Uh, 6.8 pounds or 3.08 kilograms of an English pale ale liquid malt extract. For an all-grain brewery, you would use instead uh, 9.5 pounds or 4.31 kilograms of a British pale ale malt, crisp Maris Otter, something along those lines. You bared uh, any British pale ale malt will work well. You would mash at 151 degrees Fahrenheit or 66 degrees C. Your other grains are going to be aromatic, uh, half pound, 227 grams. Crystal malt, 120. Lava bond, a half pound, 227 grams. Special roast, which is a breeze product, which is hard to get in Australia and, and uh, Europe. 
50 Love of Bond, it's uh, a quarter pound or 113 grams. And I think really the solution to that is for Brees to sell these things in Europe. There you <laughs> Australia. go. Australia. I'll tell you, when I'm going to Australia, if I can work it, I'm filling my, my suitcase with uh, special roast and yeah. I'm taking it out there. I, I don't know if they'll let me in the country with that or not, but that's really what needs to happen. It'd be a good story for the show. Yeah, uh, hops, Kent Goldings all the way around, or use uh, you know, any British hop is fine. Uh, at 5% alpha acid, you would use uh, 1.2 ounce at 60 minutes or 34 grams, uh, a half ounce or 14 grams at 20 minutes, and a half ounce, 14 grams at one minute. Uh, yeast, you're going to use either Y-Yeast uh, 1968 London ESB or the White Labs WLP-002 English Ale. Or fermentus if you're using the dry yeast, the Safale SO4. Ferment around 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C, and uh, carbonate that thing to about one and a half to two volumes. And uh, I think you'll be all set. Be a good beer. Chad made a great one. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's only a day in the king after the carbon carbonation level improved. That boy can brew. Yeah. Anyways, AHA reminder. Look, sign up. If you're not an AHA member, sign up. God damn it. Sign get up. out there and buy an AHA membership. <laughs> I really want you to be there. I, I I think it's the best thing for you. I think it's the best thing for home brewing community in general, which I really think is an important community. Yeah. Beer's important. Get out there and uh, you know you, you'll you'll get you'll get your money's worth. Please, once you sign up and you've experienced all that the AHA has to offer, you will uh, sign up again. And uh, don't forget, Northern Brewers, our fine sponsor. You can yeah. find pretty much any product we talk about. You can find on the northernbrewer.com site. There you go. They're great. And uh, you know, brew strong. Brew, 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 brew. That's the way to do it. Strong. And get your head checked. <laughs> <laughs>